You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with a special guest podcast today, celebrating the 85th anniversary of Dart. Today, we have a special guest podcast from the Dart Network, featuring the Driving Through History series, celebrating 85 years of Dart's contributions and innovations in the trucking industry. Host Greg Thompson sits down with American Trucking Association President and CEO Chris Spear as they discuss Dart's ability to sustain and grow its business while continuing to bring positive changes to the industry. Thank you for joining us on the Dart Network podcast for Driving Through History. And now here's your host, Greg Thompson. Hello again, everybody. For this edition of Driving Through History, celebrating Dart's 85th anniversary, the Dart Network podcast welcomes a special guest for part one of a two-part interview series. In a moment, we'll be talking with Chris Spear, the president and CEO of the American Trucking Associations. The ATA is the nation's largest organization representing the trucking industry. Chris spent some time with us by phone, sharing his perspective on Dart's 85 years in business. First of all, it's an honor and a privilege to welcome Chris Spear to the Dart Network podcast in our Driving Through History series. For those of you who may not know, Chris is the president of the American Trucking Associations and Dart has been a longtime member. Chris, thanks for joining us here on the Dart Network podcast. Thank you for having me, Greg. Appreciate it. Chris, as you know, we are commemorating 85 years of Dart being in business through this series. And when you look at what's happened in the trucking industry over the past 85 years, and then you look at Dart Transit, which has not only adapted to the changes and thrived over its history, but the company has been a part of the change that's happened in the industry. What are your thoughts about what Dart has accomplished over 85 years? Again, Greg, thanks for the opportunity to speak to you and your listeners today. This is really an opportunity to highlight 85-year history of one of our marquee members, Dart. Most importantly, a fantastic and storied company and one of the preeminent truckload carriers in our industry today. I often reflect, too, on the fact that ATA has been in existence 86 years, so just one year more than DART. And I often cite the history of ATA, looking from the Great Depression through World War II, the interstate highway system being built in the 50s, all the way to deregulation in 1980. And DART has seen all of that and has shaped a lot of what our industry is today. You can attribute a lot of that to what this company and its leadership and the Oren family has done, and it's quite significant. DART reflects and exemplifies what our industry is really all about. Trucking is a workhorse industry. It's a high-touch business that rewards anyone willing to work hard and put in the time and sacrifice to get the job done. And that, in my view, is really the story of DART and the Orens. Earl Oren started DART as a one-truck operation three generations ago in 34. That's an incredible history. We're talking about the Great Depression. We're talking about a challenging business environment over those many decades. Hitting 85 years is a remarkable milestone for any business, let alone a hauling company trying to get up and running during the Great Depression. But that speaks to this family's work ethic and genius. Throughout its history, this company has been really defined by growth and success. And so you're right, Greg, to say that the industry has changed, some of which has been sparked and led by DART. Each generation of the Warren family has guided this company through the changing times and making it a lot stronger and I think a lot more resilient. 
Well, Chris, you mentioned it just a moment ago. When you think about the scope of what has happened over 85 years, and as you mentioned, ATA's been in existence for 86 years. When you think about all of the change that has happened, and particularly, there aren't a lot of carriers that have made it pre-deregulation and post-deregulation. That was definitely one of the most significant changes that's happened in this industry. To make it over that threshold says a lot about this company. Well, it does. You know, I think 1980, for those companies that navigated deregulation, there are a number of them that continue today that can reflect on that period and how tumultuous that was, not just to the industry, but the entire U.S. economy. And how our industry adopted to that was really based on how well companies anticipated it, but how dialed in, I think, they were to the reality of the market and what needed to happen post-1980 to survive, to grow. DART certainly understood that going into it and they certainly came out of it better than when they entered it. That really is a testament of the Oren family's knowledge base, their understanding of the industry and the market, and their business model, which was at the time unique and still is facing challenges. But I think it's their knowledge base that allows them to navigate the market so well. You know, I think a couple things that come to mind from the regulatory side and continue to be pressures on the industry are twofold. One, their emphasis on independent contractors. It started as a one-truck operation, as I said. Earl started that, and I think grew it over the years and used that model successfully. That is a model the independent contractor definition is under assault in many states and at the federal level. Here is an example, a leading example in the industry of a one-truck operation becoming a large fleet, a successful legacy. This pedigree has been based on their use of this model and not to be abused. The people that choose this model as an independent contractor do so because it fits their lifestyle. It's a model that they understand and can navigate. DART is a place that has really trumpeted that and successfully so. That's an element, I think, of change over the time where we still haven't seen the end of pressures being put on independent contractors. And I think DART is a voice for that model based on its many decades of success. The second thing that I see over the years evolving from the regulatory side is the length of this equipment being used today. The standardized 53-foot trailer is certainly attributed to the Oren family. They certainly push for this state by state and then federally adopted shortly after deregulation in 1980 as the trailer of use today for the truckload industry. So the evolution of that from 43 to 45, now 53, DART's obviously tremendously involved in educating decision makers, not just in the state of Minnesota, but also throughout the country. Multiple states adopted this equipment as standard, and it transformed the industries. It just goes to show that being able to engage and advocate change really does make a difference. It can define the entire industry and allow one company, but all companies, to grow long-term. I just can't think of a better example in this sense than what DART has done over the years, really attributed to what this family this company, its employees, these independent contractors really championing that model and the use of this equipment are all great examples of what can be done over time. Chris, I'm so glad that you hit on those two points because when you look at DART's history, the fact that the Oren family looked and said, we want to work with small businesses. We want to help build small businesses. And they've done that through working with independent contractors and owner operators and champion that model over the years. And then to look at what customers needed with the longer trailer and be able to take that and 
go state by state, as you said. Can you talk a little bit about what that effort did with the trailers to make an impact on the industry? We've had this equipment standardized for many years. 82 is really the last time we federally changed weight or length, and the industry's conformed entirely around the equipment used today. I think the difficulty we see today, as opposed to 30, 40 years ago, when I think states and our federal leadership were open to dialogue with respect to the equipment, its use, productivity, less so now. And I think it's largely for a couple reasons. One, we have a very divisive environment, particularly federally, maybe not so much state to state, but certainly federally for a business that's based in interstate commerce. You want that ability to go state from state without having to adjust your equipment. So having federal standardization allows us to service the economy, our customers much more efficiently. We obviously are doing so by putting safety first. I think the divisiveness, however, in Washington particularly, has made it very, very difficult to have dialogue on issues that maintain a high standard of safety, but also allow for productivity gains. And I think that dialogue needs to happen to some degree because our own federal government's not investing in infrastructure. The last time we've increased the fuel tax to fund new roads and bridges was 1993. A lot has happened in that amount of time, most importantly congestion. We lose $74.5 billion dollars as an industry sitting in traffic every year. That's 425,000 drivers sitting idle in their trucks for an entire year. That is incredibly measurable, not only in terms of productivity loss, but in terms of environmental damage, 67 million tons of emissions from CO2 emissions as a result of this congestion, very measurable. We have to have dialogue about that. It's having an impact on the economy, certainly the industry. If you're paid by the mile and you're sitting in your truck and you're not moving, you've got to be wondering, hey, I could probably be doing something better with my life than sitting here in traffic. Well, that's a retention issue. That's the ability to grow our workforce. And when we're already currently facing a driver shortage, a technician shortage, you know, this isn't helping. Dialogue in a divisive environment, it's incredibly important to get engaged. The Orrin family is probably one of the foremost leaders in advocacy. They've done it the entire history of this company. DART has shaped not only the length of the equipment over the years, but the definition, the preservation of independent contractors is a model that works for them and other businesses. It's because they took steps to get engaged and tell their story and shape that landscape, both at the state and federal level. Now is the time we need more of that. We need more orange. We need more people getting engaged and really voicing the realities that we as an industry face each and every day and how that can improve safety, how that can improve our industry, grow jobs, grow salaries, but also grow the economy. Our ability to serve our customers depends on our telling this story face-to-face to decision makers, make it certain they understand why this is important, why it matters that they step up and vote to help our industry grow long-term. But when we're sitting here celebrating 85 years of this company, DART just comes immediately to mind. I wish I had more Orrin family advocates throughout the industry coming together and telling our story as one. It does matter. It moves the needle. At a time, I think, where we're seeing such divisive behavior here in Washington, I think this really underscores the importance of advocacy and why it matters. I know that ATA is constantly reaching out to its members, working with new members. When you have a carrier maybe it's a smaller family carrier, come to you and say, how can we help? Do you find yourself sometimes citing 
the example that the Orans put forth through DART? I do, I do. And I think it's a great example. You know, our membership is very diverse. Just within carriers, about 83% of our members are less than 20, 25 trucks. So we do recognize the success of a small fleet, how it serves its customers in different environments, different rural environments, for instance. But also, you know, DART is an example, starting with one truck and becoming many as a fleet. That is the success story, and it can be done. And it was built on the backs of independent contractors. This model works for them and other companies. And it's not a siloed example for the upper 20% of our membership. They often get described as mega fleets. They started as one truck. It's a success story. We want companies to grow. We want them to have a future. And if they choose to add trucks and employees, whether it be employees or independent contractors servicing their business, we want the environment to be permissive, to allow that company direction and the ability to grow long term. And that's the environment ATA is trying to shape, is to really help do it in a safe and responsible way. We're seeing a surge of litigation. I would say today, as opposed to 30, 40 years ago, where we had long-standing battles with rail, certainly with anti-truck safety groups that are trying to regulate us out of business. Those fights still exist, but they're less forbidding is what I see on the plaintiff's bar side of the equation. I think litigation and attorneys coming after our industry with exorbitant demands are putting companies, small, medium, and large out of business. That's just not healthy. The only audience that is being rewarded in that environment are trial lawyers. And we're just padding the pockets of people that are trying to put our industry out of business. We've got to get loud. We've got to get aggressive. The Orange is certainly a family that have proven what advocacy can do. And if we're going to succeed and grow long term, we're going to have to take this fight head on. I see that as an area where I see a tremendous challenge going forward. If we're not identifying it and, more importantly, positioning our members to combat it, to tell our story directly with decision makers to what this means, to their constituents, employees, the economic engine in their states and congressional districts, we're doing our industry a disservice by not voicing those concerns. Yeah, I think Don and the leadership team at DART, they're superb members of ATA, longstanding. They're active on several policy committees, from highway policy on infrastructure independent contractor committee, labor and regulatory committee. They're very, very active in councils and conferences as well. That's what it's going to take. Companies like this getting engaged, help us shape the policy, and more importantly, go and tell that story and getting the change that we need to grow long term. Thank you for joining us on the DART Network podcast for Driving Through History, a special series celebrating DART's 85th anniversary. Please check out more segments in our series and more offerings through the DART Network podcast. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3PL game. The Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry.
If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.